Warren Buffett, BlackRock, and other institutional players dominate investments in commercial aviation. Why? Because it's one of the most profitable and predictable alternative assets that exists. And it's not tied to other markets such as real estate and the stock market. Is it safe? Well, imagine triple net leases to the likes of American Airlines and British Airways. Income is contractual and guaranteed by some of the biggest named airlines in the world. That's why this kind of investment was never available to the ordinary accredited investor. That is until now. Visit accesswealthaviation.com and check it out for yourself. Invest in an institutional team with over 200 plus years of combined investment experience in the aviation sector. Conservative investing with double digit returns and tax advantages. That's accesswealthaviation.com. Accesswealthaviation.com. You are listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. Get ready to change your life. Welcome, everybody. This is Buck Joffrey with the Wealth Formula Podcast coming to you from not so sunny Montecito, California. And uh, today, uh, well, before I begin, I want to remind you there is a website associated with this podcast. It is wealthformula.com. And uh, you can get lots of uh, different types of uh, resources there, including uh, some things to sign up for, like our investor club. And also, if you are interested in kind of going a little bit deeper, uh, you can go to wealthformularoadmap.com and potentially join what is called Wealth Formula Network. This is sort of our um, inner uh, online network. It's not just online. There's a Facebook group and there is a bi-weekly Zoom a video conference that we do and also uh, there's a course associated with it the thing started out as like a course and it's a pretty it's a very robust course but um, since then the group that's come out of that that comes with the course has turned into really I think uh, a very very uh, good group a very good resource for one another and that's called Wealth Formula Network you can go join that or check it out or whatever you want to do wealthformularoadmap.com now, um, for today, I mean, this. so this particular show that we're going to talk about is about AI, but I want to uh, back up a little bit. This was a question on our last Ask Buck episode, but it is, it is an ongoing recurring uh, question that I've been getting from people, so I'd like to address it. And that is, um, you know, with rising interest rates, uh, is value-add real estate dead? And... The answer to that question is a firm no, okay? And I'm, I'm bringing this up because it's not just really about real estate. It's about really everything that's going on in this messy market. But in terms of value-add real estate, remember, people have made money and lost money in all kinds of interest rate and cap rate environments. The interest rates we have right now aren't even close to the highest they've been in the United States. They're not even close. I mean, you have to go to the 1980s for that. So why is there so much distress in the real estate market? And for that matter, all these other correlated markets like equities markets. I mean, nobody is doing particularly well. Uh, crypto seems to be fairly stable, but, uh, but you know, the, the stuff that's truly correlated like equities and, and real estate, things like that, they're, they are, they're all suffering. The biggest problem is that the Fed ultimately created a problem for us by its own failures in you know, when we were coming out of COVID, there was uh, clearly inflation going on and they didn't react to it. They didn't react. They said it was transitory and all this mess. And then they changed their mind and then it got out of control. And then they had to do something 
about it. So they played catch up and raised rates at the highest rate in American history, right? The slope. Think about that in terms of mathematical terms. We're not at the absolute highest numbers of, of interest rates, but we certainly are at the highest slope, the biggest change. And all markets hate instability and extremely rapid rising rates wreak havoc on all of those markets that we typically rely on for investments, including real estate and, again, equities, right? The stock market people. And this is particularly problematic, as we've seen for floating rate scenarios and for businesses that need liquidity. Lots of bankruptcies going on right now. Banks don't like to lend when rates are moving up quickly. Thinking, think about why that might be, and it'll make a lot of sense. The truth is that I don't know anyone right now who hasn't lost money during this period of time, whether that be in real estate or stocks. And that doesn't mean it feels good course it doesn't i've lost money too although misery i should say does love company so at least you have each other right now the key as i will continue to emphasize is to be prepared to mentally cut against the grain of fear investing money while you're down is extremely counterintuitive to the human psyche think about it fear is designed to protect us right if you were running away from a lion you wouldn't be inclined at that moment to consider how you might avoid running into one in the future. No, you'd be focused on the danger at hand. And that is a very, very good evolutionary adaptation to that situation. That reaction of focusing only on the danger might be useful in the wild. And it obviously it is. But when it comes to investing, it could prevent you from keeping your eyes out for great opportunities. And while they may not be here yet, I mean, I, I'm not seeing anything. I know what's going to, I know what's happening. And there is a lot I think there is going to be an enormous number of opportunities. It may not be till Q4, but we're going to see it. It may not be till Q1 next year, but we're going to see it. And when that happens, these are the times when investors with ice in their blood make a lot of money. Okay? Use this time to get the rest of your house in order. Get your asset protection done, your estate planning in place. If you're thinking about doing some life insurance stuff, do it now. Start learning about other sectors. The truth is that there's almost always something you invest in if you know how, right? Like you're investing ultimately, and I, I'm not um, uh, I'm not any different. My investing is limited to what I know. And that has uh, benefited recently from working with uh, the new broker-dealer that we work with who's got a, you know, who's a real genius when it comes to uh, investing in businesses. But again, you know, you have to figure out, you have to learn about different kinds of stuff to invest in it, right? Now I'm investing in businesses too, but that's because I feel comfortable doing that with, you know, somebody else's knowledge uh, behind it. Um, but there's a lot of things you can learn about. How about tech? How much do you know about artificial intelligence? Well, probably not much. I don't either, but it's clear that it's going to change everything. I mean, it's crazy. And, uh, you know, we, we used to say that about blockchain and all this stuff. And that still may be the case. It'll be a huge revolution. But what I'm looking at with AI is kind of crazy. It is seriously kind of crazy at, you know, the, the, the types of stuff this thing can do. Now, it can be good uh, and it can be really, really bad. You know, I think what a lot of people are saying, eh, it's about a 10% chance that it'll, you know, destroy humanity. I don't know. Uh, that's kind of a lot, 10%, um, for anything that could potentially wipe us off the earth. But, well, it's here anyway, and I don't think it's going anywhere. It's certainly not going anywhere. 
I signed up for ChatGPT4, and it is insane what it can do. It is absolutely insane. You should check it out. I don't know. It's only like 20 bucks a month, but I'm still, I'm trying to figure out how I can use it, you know, in, in, uh, in the things I do, uh, in, in business and, you know, for opportunities and things like that. I, I know there's something out there, but anyway, um, because I, I, I think this is something that we all need to learn about and be prepared for, uh, decided to get a guy on who I think is right in the middle of it all. He's a, you know, he's, he's got a company, he's got a mortgage company that uses artificial intelligence. He is totally in the know, like, you know, Silicon Valley kind of guy. Anyway, so I urge you to listen to this episode. Uh, I think it'll be really great information, stuff that you got to know about uh, in the uh, in the near future. And it's not even the future. It's it's there already, but it's accelerating at an incredible pace. So, so listen to this uh, interesting uh, discussion after these messages. What do the Rothschilds, the Romneys, and the billionaire hedge fund managers know that you don't about growing and protecting wealth? As you might imagine, the wealthy have a few tricks up their sleeves. One strategy allows you to grow wealth tax-free at a compounding rate with no volatility. It protects your money from creditors and lawsuits, and it lets you invest the same money in two different places at the same time. How about that for amplifying wealth? To learn more, go to WealthFormulaBanking.com. Again, that's WealthFormulaBanking.com. Self-storage is a necessary evil. It's where you keep your stuff and forget about it. No wonder this stuff is so profitable and recession-resistant. The Wealth Formula community, well, we've benefited from that. We've made lots of money in this space with Reliant Real Estate, one of the largest self-storage companies in the country. With an average investor internal rate of return of almost 34%, with hold times just over three and a half years, these guys know what the meaning of velocity of money is. If you're an accredited investor, make sure to check out what they're up to right now at ReliantFund4.com. Again, that's ReliantFund4.com. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, my guest on Wealth Formula Podcast is Shashank Shekhar founder of Instant Mortgage. After starting his business in possibly the worst year for financial markets, uh, 2008, Shashank has led the company to be one of the fastest growing mortgage companies in America by helping thousands of families secure better financing for their homes. Uh, in 2017 and 2021, Insta Mortgage, uh, which is formerly known as Arcus Lending, was named to the Inc. 500 list of the fastest growing private companies in America. Uh, Shashank, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Buck. So, um, you know, uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about your company and that. And, you know, like, I think one of the things I really want to get into the, is the technology aspect. But um, t tell us a little bit about your company and what makes it different. Yeah, so Mortgage is really founded on uh, the tech-first approach to mortgage lending. Uh, as we know, it's, it's one of the industries that has kind of remained archaic in, in terms of just providing the consumer experience, uh, how the process works. And some of it is regulatory, meaning as a lender, we can't make any make any changes to it. If the government asks us to originate a loan in a certain way, there is not much you can do about it. Uh, I'll give you an example. We created the record for fastest uh, from an application to ready for close in six hours, six and a half hours in the industry. But CFPB requires us not to close a loan for seven days after we take the application. So that's that's what I'm saying. And some of the things that we are doing, we are kind of hampered by what the what the regulation brings. But 
other than that, really, the mortgage approach is uh, towards speed, towards making it uh, more streamlined, user-friendly. And we do that by a lot of uh, technology implementation that we have done, some of it grown in-house at InstaMortgage, some of it that we've used our partners uh, to build. One of the things that I uh, understand that you guys are using a lot of uh, is some of this artificial intelligence. Um, let's let's start with something basic, I think, because this is not necessarily a technology group, but you know, maybe you want to start with like sort of the concept of what ChatGPT is and, you know, kind of take take it from there and, and explain how some of this might apply to your business. Yeah, and, and, and I'll probably back up even a little bit more and just, just explain artificial intelligence. I know the, yeah. the audience is, is pretty smart, but one of the things that we see all the time, and not it's this not just in the mortgage industry, is is that a lot of it being is is what we're hearing, especially the last two, three years, is that this is AI driven, AI it. Everything seems to have the word AI in it. It's like crypto or blockchain from a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, yeah, 100%, <laughs> right? And yeah. one thing I wanted to explain to the audience is that not everything is AI just because they say it's AI. Right. Uh, artificial intelligence essentially is, is, the, is when machine is able to do some of the things that humans do. They're able to recognize speech. They're able to make decisions like humans do. When something is programmed to do something, that's just advanced programming. Like if I had a chatbot, and I programmed it with every possible question that Buck would ask when Buck would come to my website. That's not artificial intelligence. It may look smart. Oh, I'm asking it to, I need a mortgage and it knows the answer. I want to be connected to a loan officer and it knows the answer. But it has been programmed to do that, that we preempt the questions that you might possibly ask, given our experience that when users come to the website, they ask these questions, that's not artificial intelligence. Um, artificial intelligence is usually a huge amount of computing capacity that's required for a machine to learn by itself. Even something as basic as if a machine were to recognize if this picture is of a cat or not, that will require it to be fed hundreds and thousands of photographs of cat for it to figure out a pattern saying this is how cats look. And on the other side, also fed hundreds and thousands of pictures that may look like a cat, but is not a cat. It might be a baby lion or a baby tiger that has paws and whiskers and, and small, but they are not cats. And, and then it's able to figure out through machine learning through through hundreds of iteration, that's not a cat. So that's artificial intelligence. And just wanted to throw that out is because sure. sometimes we are like, oh, this is artificial intelligence or it's AI driven, but it's not always AI driven. Yeah. So really, I think like when I think of it, uh, AI, um, maybe, you know, just for clarity, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's really like a learning system, right? It's 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 not just pre-programmed uh, information. It is literally sort of learning on the go. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's going to take information that comes in. It's going to take questions that come in. It's going to learn from those things and potentially create more efficiencies because it can start, quote unquote, thinking uh, rather than uh, simply spitting out pre-programmed information. Absolutely. And that's why, and that's where I think Chat GPT comes in as, as you asked us that. Uh, so Chat GPT is, is a truly AI model. And what's revolutionary about Chat GPT is really so far, uh, practically all artificial intelligence that I've seen before Chat GPT has been about solving a specialized problem. So it could be about how to become a better writer. So it could do copywriting for you or to become a better marketer or you're solving one problem or the other. And that's why artificial intelligence was mostly being deployed 
ChatGPT for the first time uh, at a very mass level really brings a, a generative AI or a general AI, meaning it it uh, plans or it, it it at least aims to solve for hundreds and thousands of problems and not just one. Uh, last I checked, it could uh, handle 1.75 billion parameters uh, around which it can process answers. So think 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 about the answers and, and make decisions. Also, why it, it's super interesting is because it uses what is called NLP, natural language processing. So you don't need to be an engineer. You don't need uh, to be a programmer or a coder. You could talk to uh, talk to uh, ChatGPT like you do Google searches or like you talk to a friend. Uh, even more revolutionary is the fact that it's conversational. So unlike Google, where you have to enter the search term once, you get the results. And then you have to enter the search term all over again if you want to refine it. Here you are having a conversation. So you can answer ChatGPT, a question, uh, ChatGPT something. It answers the question and you can follow up on that answer and you follow up. And so you can go back and forth um, literally for, I mean, hundreds of questions on a topic until you find the answer that you're looking for. Although one of the things that I think is um, interesting, because I've used ChatGPT a little bit, is it's not always right, right? So so um, one, one of the things that, we're talking about is learning from past experiences or from maybe from previous conversations or whatnot. And, uh, uh, for example, I was using a chat GP, I was playing around with it and, uh, I'm looking up, uh, uh some information in terms of it randomly on how, uh, when snoring happens in the sleep cycle. And I knew the answer and it gave me the wrong answer and I corrected it and it said, Oh, I apologize. You are correct. <laughs> And came back the, so so what's is what are some of the challenges with getting uh, inaccurate information uh, in, it is. in this space? And it's a it's it is a I shouldn't say it's a big problem, but it is a problem because sometimes it doesn't matter whether it gets it wrong one percent of the time is because you might be the one looking for that that one percent of the answer that that it yeah. got wrong. Yeah, I mean to be fair, it is very honest and transparent in the sense both Sam Altman, OpenAI, and just the homepage of ChatGPT itself says that we didn't don't get all the questions right. Uh, when Bard uh, Google's AI launched, their first thing was it's an experiment. Uh, we don't get all the get all the answers right. Understand that it's it's being trained or it was trained and it's still being trained on things which are in public domain on websites and on other portals and platforms. So if those had the wrong answer to begin with, ChatGPT was trained with, with those models and those, those answers. Nobody was checking if those answers were correct in the first place. So if you got an answer from that, then that's where Buck, I think it's one of some of the inaccuracies come from. Yeah, just to, to one question, you mentioned Google, uh, Google AI. I mean, is that a platform that's already out there? I guess I haven't actually used it or anything, but um, or are there multiple platforms out there that are publicly available for people to use at this point? Or uh, it is so. So the two biggest, of course, is ChatGPT um, and um, and Google launched Bard. It was on waitlist. I I don't think it's on waitlist. I mean, I I got through the waitlist very early uh, because I also applied for a waitlist sure, very sure. early. But uh, Bard was very underwhelming to begin with, uh, especially if you're following ChatGPT. I, I give the analogy of uh, Samsung following iPhone. Uh, it took them years for them to catch up uh, because by the time you iPhone could be on version three, Samsung had just started building. It's it's probably the same thing between Bard and ChatGPT. So I don't really yeah. see any benefit for you and I to be using Bard when you have access to ChatGPT so right now. In theory, it should just get better and better and better. 
right? I mean, in theory, it should get smarter and smarter. Is that is that accurate? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, and even if you see with ChatGPT version three point five, which most free users use, in fact, all free users use versus ChatGPT four, which pro users who pay twenty dollars a month use. ChatGPT four is a significantly advanced version with uh, much higher capacity of reasoning. Uh, also, it can it can take a much bigger volume of data. When ChatGPT four was launched, and I was I was watching the live launch on on YouTube. Uh, at one point of time during during the demo, it took eighteen hundred pages of IRS code, um, read the entire tax code, figured out a solution to a very very difficult problem around taxation, and actually gave the entire calculation on how it arrived at the answer and where in the IRS code it found the answer to the question that it was asked. That feature is not available to public yet, so I can't upload, for example, three hundred pages of underwriting guidelines for mortgages and figure out the answer to it. But it has the capability which was shown there. So. If anything, you're right. It just keeps getting smarter and smarter with every new versions. Um, and some of those versions will slowly get released to the free and the paid public. I like the idea of the tax, uh, <laughs> hacking the tax code with the chat GPT. That's great. But let's, let's, uh, let's talk about what it, how it's impacting your industry, um, in particular, uh, real estate. So, so tell us what's going on. Uh, with you know AI in general, ChatGPT, etc., uh, with with real estate. So I think the the way I see um, AI working for real estate industry now and for next couple of years is really in terms of productivity, which is where I see the immediate benefit. And, and we are talking a huge amount of play in that specific field. I mean, it's it's almost like when we got into industrial age and, and that was different level of productivity. And from there on, probably telephone and, and airplanes probably provided that kind of productivity. And then we got into internet that had another level of productivity. And then iPhone came where you can do business from practically anywhere you are. You don't have to be carrying your computer everywhere else. And I think the, the AI revolution is next in that field when it comes to just getting more out of a human um, chat GPT or AI in general is still a task feature, meaning it, it does task, it does not really replace human jobs completely. And so uh, for real estate agents or mortgage brokers or mortgage companies, really a lot, lot of that has to do with um, how can you be more productive? How can you be more efficient uh, at this point in time, whether it's around uh, your marketing, around um, email creation, around doing strategies, around doing marketing research, uh, around creating more uh, effective marketing tools. All of that can be done through AI, some of it through a specialized, um, some of it through just general purpose um, AI like uh, like ChatGPT. So the immediate impact that I see is more around productivity, efficiency, getting more for your marketing bank, uh, marketing uh, dollars that, that you're putting in. For example, I'll, I'll give you an example of, of something like Cortex, which is of course not ChatGPT, it's an AI in itself. What Cortex does is that it looks at, at an ad that you could be running on social media. And even before you run, so, so far, what marketers used to do is run what is called an A-B testing. Yeah. Is I'll run one version of the ads, run the second version of the ad, see which ad performs better. And that's not really science because it's, it's nearly impossible to say, or sometimes it's difficult to say, why is the other version working better? If you just replace one button, then maybe sometimes it could just be at you're running it at different times of the day and, and some way, somehow it's, it's working better. What yeah. Cortex does. Co is see, it, it see, just sorry to interrupt you. You, you, you said Cortex? 
How, it's cortex. It? It's like pre, prefrontal cortex. Oh, like cortex. It's, okay. Yeah. So C U R T E X. So what cortex does is really it it looks at your ad even before uh, you publish it uh, or even your social media post, and gives you feedback on how you can improve the ad uh, so that it gets you better results. Now, as a human, if you think about it, I can study a hundred ads, maybe five hundred, uh, and can learn from it, like why those ads did better. Cortex on the other side has gone through that machine learning process that I was talking about before and has possibly look at, looked at millions of ads to figure out what works, what doesn't. And now it's able to tell you even before you publish that, even before you have spent the money on that ad uh, to tell you what needs to be changed. Does your call to action button needs to be changed? Does your color need to change? Does your message needs to need to change? And then you can go live with it. So. That's where I was saying is that with artificial intelligence, the way it exists right now, um, as as of the day that we are recording this, uh, that's where I see the biggest the biggest bang for the buck is is around um, all those things: the the productivity, efficiency, getting more from your marketing dollars. Yeah, in, in just like um, testing, for example, of of pretty much anything, right? And this Correct. is where I think uh, you know our our listeners and I'm, you know a lot of them are in the healthcare f- uh, field. I would think. Um, you know, I, I think there's probably a lot of application to what we do in terms of, you know, figuring out vaccinations quicker and figuring out, you know, um, medications quicker, trying to, uh, so, so it's fascinating stuff. So in your, um, you mentioned with regard to what it's doing in your business, um, that it is, it's essentially streamlining, right. In, in terms of instant mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's the. What, what What is it that takes people a long time during this underwriting process that that AI is helping your company do so that it can take something instead of 45 days or 30 days and do it in a week? Yeah, so so one of the things that uh, that the AI can do is is really bring some of those efficiencies to to the table. For example, I was talking about if you look at loan guidelines, just like IRS tax code, it's probably not as onerous, but it is pretty onerous. You're looking at 300 pages of just one program guidelines, and we have multiple programs that you're talking about. Uh, that takes a lot of time in underwriting, especially when, say, if the borrower is not your standard W-2 borrower with 800 credit score and 20% down payment. Uh, then you're looking at trying to find that needle in the haystack, so to say, where in the guideline it talks about this, this is special, this is special situation. And how do you figure that out? And, and AI is able to do a ton of things in terms of understanding the entire guideline, able to figure out uh, where in the guideline it talks about, similar to the IRS tax code example that I, that I was giving you before. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it also is able to figure out where in the process. So once, once you are able to um, understand that, how much time it's taking to do what activity it can figure out where the uh, where the bottlenecks are and what we can do to improve it again you need a lot of human brains to actually come up with the solution itself sure. uh, yeah it does not know the mortgage process that well uh, as of now um, but um, only yesterday i was experimenting with something where uh, you can on your machine itself it's it's a facebook large language model uh, it's not actually chat gpt uh, but facebook allows you on your local device um, uh, to install it, and it's it's pretty basic programming. Um, even though uh, you need at least a little bit of programming skills, but somebody could do it in probably thirty minutes if you if you were to hire someone. You can do what 
uh, ChatGPT four in their in their um, in their demo were doing, which is upload the entire tax code and then get get answers from that. Uh, you can do it that on your local machines. You can have MacBook Pro like like I do, and you can to that large language model that Facebook has an open AI on it. So it it is an open platform. You can upload that. So whether it's scientific studies that your audience might be doing or research papers or whatever, and then go and search for that. So it takes a lot of time to read it and index it once. But once it does that, uh, then it's readily available to answer any questions that you might have. And so you can do it five pages, eight pages, 10 pages at a time, build it for, for yourself over a period of time. And now you have a repository of hundreds of pages of documents that you can refer to simply by asking it a question. You can get that answer on ChatGPT because they may not have access to the research papers that your audience has, or, or we do, for example, from a mortgage or real estate perspective. So this is your own chat GPT that you're creating, so to say, by feeding it to your own intelligence that's relevant for, for your business. And that's on Facebook? And you literally- it's, a, it's a Facebook uh, large language model, um, and uh, it's GPT for all is the, uh, is the website where they can go and, and access, um, access that, uh, uh, that specific feature. Is that, you know, it, it, it sort of reminds me a little bit like in that way of, of what everybody was so excited about with blockchain, you know, the open source nature of it, um, mm-hmm. being able to like, you know, kind of take this technology and run with it in different directions. Is that, is that a fair comparison? It is, but, but kind of is still limited. So, so the blockchain was, and is still is, it's just that now suddenly you have generative AI. So everybody's talking about it. <laughs> right, right, right. But it's not as if blockchain has lost relevance. The other thing was that blockchain was very closely associated with cryptocurrency and it still is. And that's one of the reasons why blockchain has lost the favor or the flavor of the month is because the fact that, hey, when somebody says blockchain, they immediately think crypto. And and since crypto has had such a bad name recently, they kind of, they're trying to stay away from blockchain. But a lot of usage around uh, creating uh, smart contracts, creating, like even in our industry, if you think about it, the entire process of title transfer, it's so archaic. I mean, you have to go to the county exactly. court, yeah. transfer the title. You could really hold the, hold the title on a blockchain, on a code, and it should be as automatic as seller receives the money, which triggers the smart contracts, which releases the title to the buyer. You can have the entire title company that's so integral part of the entire U.S. mortgage process and selling and buying real estate be completely out of the equation. They probably don't even need to be in the process if you were to be able to hold a title on blockchain and trigger that with with a, with something like a smart contract. So I don't think it has lost relevance it has just lost favor as of now. People are not really investing into it. VCs are not funding it as much as they were. They were looking into it a few years back. I guess the I guess the the comparison I was trying to make is less about you know comparing it as in um, they're the same type of thing, but more looking at it as you know I never thought of AI as necessarily like an open source opportunity for people to develop you know various yes. interests upon. Which is which is huge. And by the way, I, I just want to go back uh, and 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 uh, tell that to the audience. So if they want to test it, it's GPT four, a four as in number, um, all dot io. So and and even if they have zero programming skills or something, uh, they can hire someone on Upwork. Uh, this is I I'm not a programmer, and I got one of I my got my one of my friends to do that yesterday for me, and it took him. Uh, he said less than 30 minutes to do it. It's it's uh, it, it's a step-by-step instructions. Even if you are not able to do it, somebody else will be able to so do it. So say it one more time because I'm going to write it down. GPT. Four, number. 
for um, all. So it's GPT for all, for but all. four okay. is is the number four. Okay. Dot io. Dot io. Fascinating. Let's see what I can come up with. <laughs> Are you um, very cool. So yeah. So um, in terms of uh, you know, we want to talk a little bit about your business too. So what? Mm-hmm. What? Uh, so what? You guys are. Um, you know, obviously, you know, doing really well. I, you know, I actually, to be honest, I'd never heard of Insta Mortgage. Is this available in all states? Uh, we are in 28 states. So we're not, not in all states yet, but those 28 states really does about 70, 75% of all mortgages in the U.S. It must so be in it, California, right? Yeah, we are. I mean, I'm, I'm doing this call. Silicon Sun. Valley, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so here. We are in Silicon Valley, yes. Right, got it. Um, and, and so what it, 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 so people can find that and, uh, what is the process like compared to other mortgage companies when you go to, uh, when you go to instamortgage.com, yeah, instamortgage.com. Yeah, so if you go there, you will, you will see that, that our, uh, entire, uh, smart application process is way advanced than most of the industry. In fact, I'm yet to see any, any application process more advanced. We start underwriting the moment you start entering the application. Uh, so by the time you are done with finishing the application in your own borrower's portal, which is unique for you and completely secured, um, you will already start seeing these are the documents we need. Uh, these are the documents on which we need signatures, uh, which is already triggered via DocuSign. So the loan is almost half underwritten by the time you're done with the application, which is uh, probably the fastest that you will see in the industry. Uh, also extremely smart in terms of figuring out what it will need from you. Um, not to mention in the borrower's portal, you have 100% transparency on where your loan is, uh, at what stage. It's almost has the same uh, roadmap like you see on Uber or, or DoorDash, where it clearly shows uh, where your loan is in the process, what's required from your end, gives you all the loan dynamics uh, at that point in time. So the entire user experience is, uh, is very advanced. And not to mention that we still have our expert loan officers and processors in the back end. So we're not... We are not trying to treat mortgage as a completely technology problem and a technology solution, but being the tech first or the tech forward, but it's still being backed by all the expert advice that you will expect. Must be pretty. Is it pretty easy to get pre-approvals then? Pre-approvals and that uh, kind so of thing? we actually, yeah. So we actually uh, invented or created something which we call Insta Prequal, where. Um, you don't have to go through the entire process. So if you're not at the point where you're ready to say make an offer or something, just want to understand how much you qualify for. Uh, we have created something that in 90 seconds, you give us some basic information. We run a soft pull on your credit. So it's not a hard pull. It does not impact your credit scores or anything. And in 90 seconds, we run the entire guideline underwriting engine at the back end and give you a prequel letter, uh, which as I said, is, is the fastest in the industry uh, when it comes to that. So you don't have to even reach out to us. Don't give us anything if you're if you're not that if you're not that far ahead where you really need to make an offer on something. But even if you wanted to, uh, even that process should be extremely fast, uh, less than twenty four hours in most cases. So I assume we're talking about primarily residential, and you know, including yes. jum- jumbos and all of that. Correct. Is there any limitations on the residential side there? That is, I mean, we also do commercial loans, but commercial loans will not have. Uh, the kind of speed that we are talking about, the the uh, the process and the user experience will be very different on that. It takes way longer to do that. That's fascinating. Um, one last question for you: Who is Rachel, and how did <laughs> how did you create her? <laughs> yes, Rachel is uh, mortgage industry's world's first digital human. Um, so my approach to to uh, 
user interface or user experience has been the fact that we started by websites, then we went to forms, and then we went to chatbots. To me, digital human is the next evolution because we are already used to using natural language processing through platforms like Siri and Alexa. I mean, all of us use it almost on a daily basis. So we are already used to to talking to Siri and Alexa. Rachel is, is a more advanced version in the sense that now you have a face to it. Uh, so the Siri and Alexa is only an audio format. It's only a text, uh, a speech to a speech conversation. Uh, Rachel is a speech to video, video to speech. I mean, you can, you can, or text to video, uh, whichever format that, that you want to pick. It just gives more personable experience to you. It seems you're talking to human um, you can ask for jokes. You can you can talk to her on something which is not even mortgage related. Um, and we actually just launched it powered by ChatGPT. So all the questions that you get on ChatGPT can now also be answered by Rachel. So it's it's a pretty advanced form of I shouldn't say human because yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a digital human, but uh, but an interesting concept so to say. Still evolving on the on uh, all the functionality can that we can bring uh, to the table but we are very excited by by what it brings uh, in terms of user experience fantastic so again uh, the the business is instamortgage uh, at instamortgage.com uh, this is really fascinating stuff Shashank, and i really appreciate you being on well formula podcast today sure of course but glad to be here we'll be right back Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, like I said, um, right now is the time. There's not a whole lot to necessarily to invest in. Markets are, you know, quiet. And the fallout of everything uh, that the Fed has created uh, will be here shortly. So you can start being active again as an investor. But in the in the short term, I encourage you to continue to, you know, listen, learn uh, about you know, broad, uh, broad uh, topics such as uh, tech, like we talked about here with artificial intelligence. Um, I will also give a little plug again to my other podcast, Sapio. Um, I uh, spend spending a lot of time, you know, just learning about longevity and health for my own purposes. And it, it occurred to me at some point that I really ought to be sharing this stuff with you. Uh, but I guess I know there's a bunch of people who are not interested in it. So I created another podcast, but check it out. Sapio with Buck Joffrey. Um, it is, um, I think it's a really interesting show. And um, actually this week, I think, well, last week, by the time you get this, it'll be last week. But the the show on sleep is one that I think will be mind blowing for a lot of you. So check that out. That's it for me this week on Wealth Formula Podcast. This is Buck Joffrey signing off. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast. Visit us on the web at wealthformula.com. The information contained in this podcast are opinions, not fact. As always, consult your own financial team before making any investment. See you next time. Buck Joffrey here from Sapio with Buck Joffrey. Aging might become reversible over the next 10 to 20 years. It's already being done in lab animals, so it's just a matter of time. Our challenge? To be healthy enough for when that time comes. As a former scientist and surgeon myself, my goal is to figure out how to do that and to share it with you. I wrote a book called Living Longer for Busy People that you can download for free at sapiopodcast.com. You'll be amazed at just how a few daily adjustments can add years of a healthy life for you. Again, download it for free, sapiopodcast.com.